Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. On today's episode, we interview Hannah Burson, founder and CEO of the design thinking consultancy, Salt Collaboratory. Design thinking is a human-centered approach to creative problem solving. Hannah introduces us to design thinking and to Mural, an online tool that allows people from all over the world to collaborate in a creative, productive, and engaging way. We challenge Hannah to use design thinking to approach how a company might determine how to bring their employees back to work. We are certain you'll enjoy discovering how design thinking is imperative in today's world to effectively team from anywhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. And I am your co-host, Ginny Bianco Mathis on the East Coast. And I am here with my co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast. And we have a fabulous and exciting person uh, with us today, Hannah, who will um, give us a little more about herself. Um, However, in terms of uh, uh, some background, she is CEO of her own organization, SALT Collaboratory, and she will explain that a little bit to us, which is a consulting company that helps clients acquire design thinking to amplify focus and collaboration and creativity in their work. And previously, she's held positions at leading consulting firms, including Point B in Seattle, Capgemini, Erst & Young in London. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Welcome, Hannah. It's great to see you. So, uh, Hannah, please share with us what you've been up to in the past year and we, as we all have been pivoting and looking toward uh, 21. What has it been like for you? What have you learned? Well, um, I actually started my own company in late 2019, of course, not knowing that any of this was going to happen to us. And I left big firm management consulting after working there for many years to start my own shop, as you mentioned, where I could focus on what I had come to prefer to do with my clients, which is to integrate design thinking skills into our work. And of course, I had a few clients to start, as we always do in the beginning. And my first client was a consulting company, in fact, who wanted to bring these skills to their own consultants. And I would do my commute and I would get out of the car with my big flip charts and sticky notes and have to make two trips and set up the room before and started doing my work thinking this was how my year was going to play out. And then, of course, it didn't. And like all companies, that client and some of my others froze in place for a while. But fortunately for me, I had had enough time to build a relationship with this client who was genuinely interested in learning about this way to work. And so we worked together to transition our in-person work to a virtual setting. Um, I was a little nascent in my skills using these virtual tools. I'm so old, I used to drive stick. So I kind of felt like the car was jerking a little. 
Um, but we learn by doing, and that's definitely a theme for design thinking and a theme for these virtual collaboration tools. You just simply can't be good at it out of the gate. You have to learn. But I had a patient client and we warmed up together. And by the middle of the year and even towards the end of the year, we had our full program up and running. And by now, actually, with that particular client, I've trained over 100 of their team people in design thinking and these online programs. Can you, um, Hannah, can you share for our listeners? Because when I found out about you, I I immediately went to the internet and said, oh, she's, she's an expert in design thinking. What's that? So if you could really help out, you know, what design thinking is and why it is so important today. Sure. So um, I love playing with definitions of design thinking. If you Google it, there are hundreds of them and they're all correct because there isn't really one specific design thinking definition. The working definition that I play with the most is think of it as a disciplined approach, right? And I say that because sometimes if you walk past a design thinking room and you see the sticky notes and the leftover lunch, you think this is a mess and I could never work like this. I don't know what they're doing. It's not for me. But actually, if you learn the skills and methods, it's actually a very disciplined approach. And it's an approach that you use when you're trying to creatively solve a problem, a hard problem. So often, a lot of our problems in our, in our lives don't actually require that much creativity. We've done it a million times before. The solution works. Why go there? But with the types of problems that we're starting to see in corporations and, frankly, in the world, they're too complex for our off-the-shelf solutions. And we have to come up with something different. And doing that with a group of people can work really well if it's facilitated well and if the tools and methods that are applied are smart and well thought through. That experience of using the discipline with a group of people can yield incredibly creative and interesting results. So design thinking is often considered off limits for corporate people because it's what the designers do. It's what the people at Apple do with it. It's for products. But actually, it can be applied in the organizational context because we're still, at the end of the day, solving problems for people. Now we're in a hybrid environment, and I'm a leader, and we're, uh, we're dealing with a problem, and I've got 10 people. 12 people, 16, let's say, around the world. How do I do this? All right. So fortunately for us, there were companies thinking about this before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, their products were ready for market, already in the market. Um, There are several of them. Some of the large organizations like Microsoft and Google absolutely offer these collaborative tools. The concept is that when you're when you're in an analog setting, you usually are in a room where you have, say, a whiteboard that you can work on. And the beauty of the whiteboard is that whoever is at the whiteboard with the pen becomes the center of attention and pulls everybody towards them to watch what they're doing. And if they're on, you know, at the whiteboard and they're writing something up and they've set up everybody's station, you know, with sticky notes and pens, then they can say, write your sticky note and walk up to the whiteboard and stick it up. We've all done something like this. So the technology out there mimics that experience 
But because the engineers are super smart and all of that, it actually takes it to a whole new level. Um, the technology that I use is a company called Mural. Um, there are others in the market that do very similar things. And what Mural allows me to do is before a meeting, it allows me to set up a virtual whiteboard with my work areas and my templates and my pre-populated, you know, here is a bank of sticky notes you're going to be using and here are some icons that make it feel a little bright and happy. And I can lock everything down so that when somebody comes into my whiteboard, they can't mess it up and there's only certain areas they can contribute. And what I find, and your example is exactly correct, I have done these workshops with 20 people across the world in productive sessions together. And the way that I usually do it is for most people, this is still very new technology. Fortunately, it's been designed in a way that people who are collaborating with you on the whiteboard really need to know very little about how to play the game. They need to know to add a sticky note, which you do by double clicking. They need to know how to grab a sticky note, which you do by grabbing it. There's really not cool. much, yeah. not much yeah. for them to know. We have to know, if you're setting one up, you have to know a little more. But getting people who are new to this technology to play along is actually surprisingly easy. And in fact, honestly, for me, one of the most exciting things about design thinking is that ability to see how your colleague's mind works. You know, when you have to write down your sticky exactly. notes and they write down theirs, you you had no idea they think like that. It's fascinating. Tell me um, a little bit, Hannah, I, I mean, I, I, I just did this yesterday. So I know a little bit about this stuff. Um, right. Tell me what you found with um, the reactions of remote uh, team members who have been, you know, given the freedom to express themselves, have been given the, you know, I see, I see mural as like a playground, mm-hmm. um, have given, have been given the opportunities to um, share their ideas, especially at a time when um, everyone is so dispersed. Um, tell me about what you're, what you've noticed with people using this tool in, in, um, in having them come together as a team? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, after all of my, whether it's a cohort that I'm teaching or groups that I'm working with, I always ask for feedback so that I can <laughs> improve things too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one piece of feedback that's consistent is that when I'm working in these groups of 10 or 20 people, there's always a part of the session where we use the Zoom breakout function. Yes. Right. So, okay, I want you to go into a group of four or five and do this tool and then we'll come back together. Or I want you to work on something and I'll mix the groups up and they all come back and say how much they appreciate that focused working time that they have often with colleagues they don't know very well. And that intimacy of, you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but there's, you know, there's something incredibly distant about Zoom but there's something incredibly intimate too, because all you're doing is looking at the person's face the whole time. And so you're so focused on their whole being. And so when you've got just those four faces on a window, it's actually a very intimate thing, especially if you're working with good instructions on something together. 
So I think that that functionality of seeing the big picture of I see where we're going, I'm learning something new, I'm moving through an exercise, and then I get to think really deeply about something. And, and I think just on that point of thinking deeply, um, the other aspect of this way of working that is so refreshing for people is that experience of really thinking hard. In design thinking, you're asking people hard questions. You know, tell me about your experience with this. What worked for you? What didn't? Where did you see potential? Or what are your ideas for how might we do something? I, I have to think. I don't know. I have to think. And you say so you That's sort of get, you know, you get that feeling of I'm going to a place in my mind that I haven't been to before. I haven't been for a long time. There's nothing yes. but rules, right? So there's there's so much happening to people on so many levels in these types of sessions. They're learning new things. They're meeting new colleagues. They're working in a different way. They're being asked to actually yes. think hard and contribute. And then because of, honestly, the beauty of Mural, at the end of it, the, the combination of Mural and those magic tools that we can talk about, Jenny, um, you really can see how your little fingerprint had an impact on the end story. And then the, and there's know, some accountability there. There's, there's accountability, accountability on the one hand and empowerment on the other. And I think the other thing that it helps people learn how to do is to stay in alignment with each other. You know, we're all different and we think about things differently. And if you think about a regular Zoom meeting where there are eight people sitting around the call, nobody's writing anything down. Everybody's just opining and pontificating or whatever. And, and some people are having an argument and one person will withdraw because they can't get their hand that's been put up, paid attention to. And we know what this feels like. And you come off the call and you text somebody and you say, I can't believe that so-and-so said that. I'm never going to do what we decided. I'm not on board with that. I didn't say it, but I'm not on board with that. And what design thinking in this mural world, which is very visual, does is before you move on to that next stage, you have to move together. And so you vote. And if you don't win the vote, then at least you realize that everybody else in the group, we all understand or used to at least what democracy was. You know, you, you, re you understand that if six people like this and you didn't, oh, well, this is where we're going. Or we have a debate over the importance or impact of one thing over another and we listen to each other and we land somewhere. And so we learn the importance of, of working through our differences and landing somewhere rather than, you know, airing them on, on, on a text function afterwards. And that I want list. To, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I want to, I want to, um, I want to ask you a consulting question. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's, there's a couple of reasons why we wanted to have you on. Um, one is because you're brilliant. Um, the other is because you've, I think you've lived in every continent that I've lived in as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, and, um, the other is, uh, so the, the mural and design thinking is a great way for companies who are virtual or hybrid to really create together to think together to and and as well to build relationships together now i wanted to know how would you approach a hairy problem um this is kind of interesting because uh there's a lot there's a a lot of stuff online but not too much on how to go back to the office 
And I'm wondering from a design thinking perspective, if I am the CEO and I am getting close to everyone in my company having their second shot, and I now need to ask people to come back or, or, or not tell them to come, to come back or request that they come back, how would, how, how would a design thinker think about and propose a way for their company to actually approach having to come back to work? Oh, funny you should ask, as they say. Yeah, All right. So um, one of my big clients at the moment is the chief people officer of a real estate investment and management company who has exactly this challenge for their teams around the world. And they're in real estate, so out of all people, they should know what hybrid offices and things need to look like. It's not that they don't know what they want. They also know that they want people back in the office. They're not one of the tech companies that's going completely remote. And so this person, this chief people officer, had enough knowledge out there to know that something like design thinking could help her bring people along. And so... I was given the opportunity to work with her and we had to craft something together. And so we start this next week, so I can't tell you how it's gone yet. But the plan is <laughs> the plan is to work with representatives from various regions of the world and various functions in the company, because different regions and different functions have different needs, and to get a good 20-person representative sample. We're not scared of the numbers. And the first thing that we're doing is we're showing these participants, so we're going to be doing this five times across these different groups, we're showing these participants that we heard them and we paid attention to what they said, because most of these companies are doing pulse surveys, and, and we actually really did pour through the comments from their last survey was in November. So we poured through their comments by each of these regions, we said, in this, in each region, this is what you care about. This is how you're weathering the storm. And they're in the middle of doing another one right now. But the challenge, often in design thinking, you might say, what a treasure trove of issues. Let me focus on that. The problem for us is three months ago feels like three years ago. And that isn't necessarily the right point in time. But it is important to acknowledge, because if I was sitting in that meeting and you didn't even mention the stuff I'd already tell, told you, I'd be a little annoyed. So that's the first thing. And then we're saying to them, okay, we're going to break you into groups after we've taught you how to use Mural. And we're going to do an exercise from design thinking called what's on your radar. Now we want to ask you, as you, as you think about coming back to the office, what's important to you in, let's say, six areas like um career development, work-life balance, tools and technology, you know, fill in the blank. We can decide whatever the set, team connections. What do you care about? What's going to be important to you in any solution? And each small breakout group will design their own radar with that question. So if I have, you know, five kids and I need to be, I want to have dinner every night with my children. That's what, what I've learned from the pandemic. Whatever happens, that's, a, that's a, a requirement for me. So people will share what they want and they'll do it in four breakout intimate groups on Teams. I mean, on, on Zoom. Um, and then while they're doing that, I will spy on them 
and I will copy the center of their radars into a consolidated one. And after they present back, I'll say, thank you. You've now told us across the 20 of you what you care about the most. Doesn't mean I can give you that, but at least I know what you care about. Now, I have to truncate my sessions because I only got four hours in total with them when really you need two days or three days to do this properly. So what I decided to do next was recognize that many of them actually are not educated in the space of hybrid work. They, you know, they're doing their work every day. They're not reading the Wall Street Journal article or your other guest who had a white paper or their their heads down. So they don't know what's out there. So I want, when I ask people to ideate, I like them to have, to come at it from a place of knowledge if, if I can. And so my gimmick for educating them is another design thinking tool called buy a feature. And I've created for each of them their very own store. Hybrid, you know, their hybrid store, socially distanced. They don't have to shop with anybody else through the aisles. And there's three aisles. There's technology, real estate, and people. And on the shelves, there are options like I have a fancy pants set up at home for my office. Or, um, you know, my when I go back, there's these types of conference rooms or these types of, we had another guest talk about popping into virtual meetings of leadership. You know, maybe we do something like that. So there's options for them to look at, and I'm going to have them spend their money, their 100 bucks or whatever. If you want terraces and, and outdoor gyms, you know, that's 50 bucks. If you want a headset, that's 10 bucks. Because we want people to realize that there's, you know, these things cost money. So they would come out of the first session telling us what they like and then understanding what's out there. And then when they come back two days later, we will do ideation with them where we've converted the center of their radar into how might we questions. That's a skill set that's hard. So I wouldn't ask them to do that. They'll just do, these are our ideas. These are the ones that bubble to the top. This is the concept we would build them into. And then we'll have a little gallery walk where we choose the best concept. And we tell them it doesn't mean it's going to happen. This is your way of understanding the space and telling leadership what you think could be helpful. The sausage will come out how it comes out. There's no guarantee here. But they will have spent four hours learning design thinking, learning mural, telling us what they care about, learning and sharing ideas. And then my client, who's the chief people officer, will be able to gather these up and say, huh, there's something here or we're sticking with our plan. Right. Thank you. That was a wonderful example. Really took us also into some of those magic tools Mm -hmm. that, that we had been talking about. What exercise would best get this particular group working on this particular decision? You also said something important about you're working with the leader or your main client in and and I'm, I am sure you just are asking them questions so you can come up with that. I also hear you're doing even stuff behind the scenes when they're out in their breakout rooms, mm-hmm. right? So then you hurry up, you come back, and they see a composite and, and a key thing, which Mural then allows you to do. And I think what I really appreciate about your answer is that... Um, 
I would I would bet that if you have twenty people um, in a room, there's at least twenty five different opinions of how we want to go back. And the the biggest challenge about going back right now is is getting buy in, because you know whatever decision you make, you might have twenty upset people. Um, and the idea though is that they they were able to participate in this very hairy solution, which going back to what you really, what you originally opened up with, um, Hannah, is that the old style of management is I'm the CEO and I've got this all figured out. And every CEO does not have this figured out. And every CEO um, is really looking, I think the most important thing right now is buy-in. Um, app, you know, of course, the, the most um, efficient solution is also important, the most efficient and effective. But the, the biggest issue right now is just buy-in into um, being able to have a say as to what the future holds, because we've all had a taste of pretty much, for most of us, 100% remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, and also 100% of uh, no restaurants, no no theater, no 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 social, <laughs> no friends, yeah. Well, and I think the the important thing is, you know, the other definition that's out there about what is design thinking is that it's a mindset. And when leadership is able to let go of that, I'm supposed to know everything all the time and I make a decision and I'm done, to I have really smart people who work for me. And if I know how to squeeze the juice out of their brains towards a particular problem space, we can do incredible things together, which reduces the whole change management where I made a decision and now I need to convince you. Now we're totally. in every decision, but... And, you know, if leadership is able to say, look, this is this is the best we're going to do to go back to the office and we're going to work with you one month, two months, three, six months in to see how it's going. And the areas that are not going well, we're going to work with you to come up with ideas to fix them. And we're in this together and we can move through this together in a smart way. You know, building that confidence in the lead, in leaders that there are other ways to work. And, you know, in, in, like, I'll tell you, my daughter's 11 and she can get her design thinking badge in her Girl Scout troop, right? When I learned all of this from a recent university graduate, kids are learning to use these tools and methods in their school programs. We're the ones who missed the lesson. So if mm-hmm. we don't catch up and learn and model, to younger people in our organizations that we encourage this way of working, their skill will die out. They will do PowerPoint presentations for everything the way we do them. And so we have to get yeah. and, and, you know, learn. I'm really excited that we were able to get you on the podcast and I, and I'm seeing a lot of opportunity for, especially with, with um, every new uh, process is going to have to go through design thinking. So, you know, how do we have a strategy retreat? How do we bring people back? How do we bring people together? Um, how do we, you know, create culture? How do we maintain culture? I mean, all these things are brand new uh, to us because the old way is pretty much over. So I, I, I And I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> one of, I, I gave an all hands meeting at this consulting company and I thought I would take some testimonials from some of the people who'd been mm-hmm. through the class. And there was this one young woman and I said to her, you know, what does it mean to you or whatever the question was? And she said to me, it's such a relief to have learned these tools. Yeah. Because when I'm presented with a hard question from a client, I now know where to start. 
And, you know, I kind of teared up a little bit because my early years as a consultant in these large companies in London was miserable because I was asked to redesign Morgan Stanley's operations team of hundreds of people on Friday for presentation on Monday. I had no idea how to do that. That's not fair, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) that was my issues. I'm still working through that. That's true. And you figure this out and Morgan will love it. So, so let's, I think the, the obvious question now, as we, as we close up the podcast is how can we find you and how can we work with you? Um, if this has really, really, you know, sparked, um, uh, an interest and also, um, we recognize that we have a lot of problems that only Hannah can solve. Well, there, there's that's not true, but I'm happy to help. So um, the name of my company is Salt Collaboratory, salt like the salt you put on your food. But Jenny, Jenny mentioned, and you mentioned all the places that we've lived in. It, it actually comes from, it's an acronym. I stole the idea from my daughter who was doing something similar when she named a restaurant. But the acronym stands for South Africa, Seattle, Amsterdam, London, Toronto, and Tel Aviv. And those are all places I've been fortunate to be able to live and work. So it's it's all of me. So I have a website, saltcollaboratory.com, and Hannah Burson on, I don't know how many of us are on LinkedIn, but probably not too many. And I'd be happy to help anybody um, enter this world. There's There's lots of resources and lots of ways to learn um, how to work this way. And it, I... I love it and I love my work. I can honestly say that now after many years. Um, that this great, is great. And you have a you have a really fantastic, really quick video that really um explains this design thinking in a way where I think everyone will go, Oh my God, how could I not know this? Right. Really right. Safe. That's right. on the how we work section of the website. Yeah, the, the, you know, we this is another podcast, but there's other podcasts and webinars where I love to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Hannah. Uh, Thanks, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ginny. Um, thank you to our great listeners who are growing. Uh, and um, we look forward to another episode of Team Anywhere. And uh, we look forward to bringing Hannah back one day to share her uh, greater insights with our listeners. Thank you. And until next time, um, we'll see you on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.